message is entitled Delivering Cheese. And yes, you may have saw the picture on the front of Williams Cheese Company. That's my family's business. My mom is here today. Um, but there's, it's not just because I like cheese or because this congregation loves cheese. Um, yeah, I know. Um, there's a, actually someone very famous in the Bible was called upon by God to do something great while he was delivering cheese. Um, so I want to talk about that. My message is uh, entitled, Delivering Cheese. The Bible declares that God sought after a man, after his own heart. And he found that in David, who would become the great king of Israel. And the event that really catapulted David into the spotlight was when he defeated Goliath, the Philistine giant. Yet David did not prepare for this battle in the same way that most mighty men of war did. In fact, his life training to that point was not to prep him for the battlefield, but rather for serving the Lord. And in so doing, David simply learned to be obedient in the small things. And if we can glean some basic wisdom from David's actions, we will experience God's mighty hand of deliverance in our lives as well, regardless of our circumstances. You see, while David's brothers had gone off to war, off to battle, David faithfully shepherded the flock of sheep entrusted to his care. David's obedience was not dependent upon his job. He was faithful in whatever task was assigned to him. It would have been easy to shrug off menial tasks while all the rest of his brothers were called off to battle. But David kept a positive attitude and simply obeyed his father Jesse in all things. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Verse 18. Did you know this verse was in there? Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. See, few people realize that one of David's greatest victories in life happened when he was simply delivering cheese. I can relate to that. I spent a good deal of my time in the summers delivering cheese. My family owns the Williams Cheese Company. I spent several summers doing just that. And though David was given this same task as he obeyed without complaining or hesitation, he could have said, how come the other my brothers get to go fight? How come they get to do it? And I'm just delivering cheese. He didn't complain. When he learned to obey without complaining or hesitation, he found himself face to face with the greatest opportunity in his young life. The reason for this was that he served with his eyes and his ears open. For many people, delivering cheese may hardly seem like a divine appointment. But to David, he understood one very important truth about obedience. God doesn't always send blessings to us. 
Rather, He asks us to go forth and to do something. To find somewhere to serve. To find someone to serve. And as we go forth with our eyes and our ears open, opportunity often crosses our tracks as it did with David. Many people go into prayer and they pray that God would send a blessing and God said, I'm sending you forth. We need to learn to be obedient in the small things because that's when opportunity crosses our paths. Amen? If, however, we grumble and complain about doing menial tasks that don't seem spiritual, then we keep our heads down and we end up missing the many opportunities that God sends our way. Too many people are looking only for mountaintop experiences and obvious blessings before they get out of their seats. But the great opportunities of God are often not obvious at first. In fact, they often present themselves like challenges that cross our path while we're out doing menial tasks like delivering cheese. The way that we stay ready is by knowing our place and trusting God's timing and His perfect will. You see, David didn't get tripped up by envy or jealousy or pity while his brothers were called on to fight for Israel against the Philistines. In a more glorious job, he was just delivering cheese. But David knew his place as a servant to the king. He was serving King Saul. And he was willing to serve in any way he could. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20, says, Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. See, again we see how even in the lowly jobs David was given, he obeyed and served with excellence. Before David left to go to the front lines, he made sure to leave his responsibilities in the qualified hands of someone else. When God calls us to new tasks, we must faithfully pass our responsibilities on to another before taking a new assignment. God calls all of us to be good stewards of all that He has given us. This means much more than our money. When we take the time to prayerfully pass our responsibilities to others with care, we demonstrate that every job is important in God's kingdom. Understand that it's not the mountaintop experiences that get God's attention but rather the humble attitude of our hearts, acknowledging that in all responsibilities they should be treated with the utmost respect and care. It is only the one who understands this truth and applies it to his or her life daily who will one day hear the voice of the Lord speaking and saying, as we see in Matthew 25:21, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. This message is not just for the pastor or the worship leader or the missionary. This is for all of us if we can faithfully follow God and serve Him in what we would call the small things, but in the kingdom, they are earth-moving things. Amen? We learn to be obedient in the small things, and that's what God is looking at. Not the size of our task, but the size of our faith and willingness to obey Him in the small things. David served with humility and kept his eyes and ears open for how he could honor his Lord in all that he did. 1 Samuel 17, verse 21. 
Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. Each other. Verse 22, David left his things with the keeper of supplies and ran to the battle and asked his brothers how they were. Again, even when David arrives in the middle of all this excitement and he sees his brothers, he doesn't just drop everything and stop and run to them. He takes care to transfer his things to another qualified hand. You want to know why God found David as a man after his own heart? It was because David treated every task as an opportunity to honor God. Every task. Whether you're visiting or praying or doing something that doesn't look spiritual to you, God is looking at your heart. Are you doing it with, a, with humility in your heart and in all ways try, uh, continuing to honor God? That's what David did. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 tells us, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Listen, mankind has always defined success differently than God. If we are led by our flesh, we will be, seek to be rewarded by man. But when we are led by the Spirit, we seek to honor God. Instead of directing the flow towards us, we direct the flow towards God, serving Him in all we do. It's only when this flow is backwards that we get offended or upset if we're not thanked or if we're not noticed or if we're not appreciated, right? Because we want that flow to come to us. But if we understand that we're serving God and the flow goes outward, we're not offended. God has called us to serve humbly and to serve willingly. If our flow is towards God and continues to flow towards Him, we understand that we can never do enough to repay Him for all He has done for us. This is the attitude of the heart that God is looking for and has called all of us to walk in, even as David did as a shepherd boy delivering cheese. Don't ever think that what you're doing is not big. Don't ever think it's not going to change the world. God's looking to change your heart. And if He can change your heart, He can change the world's heart through us being servants. Amen? Amen. 1 Samuel 17, verse 23. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. David did not come to the lines to fight. He was delivering cheese. He came to serve. But while he was serving with his eyes and ears wide open, he heard this Philistine giant mocking the Israeli army and their God. And while the rest of the Israelites succumbed into fear because of Goliath's threats, David was emboldened to step into action. 1 Samuel 17, 26 David asked the men near him, standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Do you see how David responds here? He doesn't measure up the size of the threat based on his strength to respond. He already knows that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He knows that anything that God, God's Spirit and His power gives us the power to overcome anything that comes against us. David's sole goal right here is to remove this disgrace 
from Israel who ignorantly defies the armies of the living God. What a lesson we could learn from David. Too often we hesitate to step out in faith through our prayers or our words or our actions because we calculate our response based on our abilities instead of on our God. David knew full well that God would continue to lead him if he continued to honor the Lord. We have to realize this truth if we're going to stand against the evil forces in this world today that daily attempt to defy the living God. How many know those forces are out there? We need to stand in the name of the Lord. Like David, we need to have already determined in our hearts how we will respond to adversity when it comes. 2 Corinthians 12.9 See, I, I say this and I know you know what, what the evil force is, but too many times we stand in our flesh and we fight in our flesh and we name call and all those things and that's not how God's called us to fight the battle. It's not. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Biblical knowledge often does not make worldly sense. But that is because God's kingdom is not of this world. The only way that we can access perfect strength is to admit our weakness. You know why we're struggling? As in a word, even as the body of Christ, we're not willing to admit our weakness. We're not willing to say, I can't do it. I am weak. I can't do it. Then God says, good, because I can. That's the key right here. It's not in our own strength. It's not in our own effort. It's not in our out-reasoning the next person. It's in admitting our weakness, and then we have access to perfect strength to fight the battle that lays before us. We need to acknowledge our weakness. And as we do that, the power of Christ comes upon us to defeat doubt and despair and fear and confusion. You see, when David learned from the men what would be done for the one who defeats Goliath, he stepped forward to answer God's call and to fight for King Saul. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32, David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Even as David rose to the challenge, he remained humble. He remembered his place as servant to the king. He didn't get all pumped up with adrenaline and go up before God. He knew he was a servant to the king. It was his humility that led him to run to the battle and knowing his place as servant. If there's one thing that we can learn from this exchange, it's that God's power resides in the humble heart, not in the one filled with pride. 1 Samuel 17.33 Saul replied, You are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Back off. It's too hard. You're not going to make it. You don't have what it takes. Discernment is a key to our success in responding to God's call. When we are faithful to spend time with God and come to know His voice, we must not be deterred by the naysayers and by the doubters and by the negative influences who are led more by fear than by faith. Our Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. 
It's going to look impossible, but God is in the business of doing the impossible when we put our trust in Him. You can be assured that when you step out in faith and believe God for the impossible, when you step out and do that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be judged. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be told to back down. Where do you find your affirmation? From God or from others? Only one has the power to overcome. It is at this point of mockery and doubt that we must bring to mind the faithfulness of God. 1 Samuel 17:34. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. You see, what David did is he consciously brought to mind the times that God was with him in the past against unimaginable odds, and he overcame by the power of the Lord. This is why we come together as the body of Christ. This is why we celebrate the Lord's faithfulness. We need to continue to remind ourselves and each other that God is faithful and has brought us through every trial and tribulation. You know in this church we've been talking about memorizing verses. Well, the next step we're going to do, and I've talked to a couple of people, is we're going to start to share testimonies of what God is doing in your life. Because we all need to hear that, hear that and be encouraged that God is always faithful. This church has been through a lot to get where we are today. Nancy and I have been through a lot to be in this place as well. Through every challenge in the past year, we have all trusted God and He has brought us together here today. Amen. We've been mocked. We've been criticized and judged when things got really tough. But because we acknowledged our lack and put all of our faith in God Almighty, He brought us together and He has been moving mightily in this church in the hearts of people at First Congregational Church and in this area. In order for us to get to this place, we all had to refuse to listen to the enemy. David had to do the same thing. See, the enemy will often try to focus your memory of your past on your mistakes, on your failings, and on your sins. So I want to help you out. If the enemy insists on talking about the past, if he insists on continuing to show you your past through his limited and incomplete view, all you need to do is remind him of his past. Remind him of the cross on Calvary where Jesus died for the sins of the world. Remind him of how Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave. Jesus is the original Triple Crown winner, by the way. Remind the enemy that because you have placed your trust in Jesus and the perfect sacrifice, that you have been forgiven, that you have been restored, and that you have been redeemed. You are no longer bound in guilt and shame and fear. You have been endued with power from on high by the Holy Spirit. Remind him that his days are numbered and your days are eternal. Amen? David teaches us to always keep the faithful remembrances of God near and dear to our heart and mind. 1 Samuel 17.37 The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. 
Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David went forward, armed with the knowledge that God is always with us as we acknowledge Him in all we do. Don't ever forget that. When you are tempted to turn to despair because of your limited perspective, understand that the enemy is trying to get you to worry. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about telling us not to worry. Don't worry. Do you know in the original Greek, that word worry is the word merimeo, and it means to divide. So what does divide have to do with worry? I'll tell you. When we start to worry, the enemy divides time, and he gets us to focus on our present situation. If we look at what we see, we think, how is this ever going to happen? I see a broken relationship. I see no job. I see a sick child. And if we focus on the present because we've divided that time, then we give in to the enemy and we give in to fear and doubt and despair. But God sees the whole picture. That's why he says, don't worry, because he says, I know this is what you see, but trust me, put your faith in me, and I'm going to bring you through. That's why we have faith. That's why we are told not to worry. God has the whole picture. God is faithful. 1 Samuel 17, verse 40, Then David took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. You see, while, while Goliath mocked David for his short stature and his seemingly feeble weapons, David moved in the power of God. He was not deterred by the insults. 1 Samuel 17.45 David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen, we must all know our source. We must all know there is power in His name. Amen? We just finished a two-week series on the Lord's Prayer and we know we hallow God's name because there is power in His name. That's how we go to battle. If I'm going to battle, I think in my back pocket all I have is a plastic spork, you know, to give you at the cafeteria. If I think that's all I have, I'm not going to pull it out. I'm not going to pray in the name of God. But if I know I have the sword of the Spirit back here, which the Bible says, I'm going to go into battle and pray by the sword of the Spirit. God tells us we have that power in His name. We need to know that God is bigger than anything the world throws at us. When we go to God in prayer, we will be tempted to draw back. We will be tempted to weigh our requests in the balances of human reasoning. We must resist this temptation to focus more on our problems than on our God. We come against doubt in the name of the Lord Almighty. We come against despair and the power of Jesus' name. This is the power that we are armed with and commanded to share with those who are lost and confused and beaten down and in need of hope. This world needs hope and the only hope is in Jesus Christ. Like David, we need to run to battle knowing that the full power that we possess is in Christ. Romans 1.16 are you ready? This is our memory verse for next week. We need to learn this verse, to stand on this verse. I ask you to put this into your heart. Even if, if you're not going to memorize then read it and meditate on it. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, 
For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who lives. This gospel we share is not to, just to get people converted or not to just convince people of what we're doing. There's power in salvation. There's power in the name of God. The Christian who knows the power that the gospel carries is never afraid to share it. We are not merely trying to convince someone of our beliefs. We are, not, we are actually wielding the power of God to salvation the key to another's bondage, the light to someone's darkness, the answer to someone's call in the middle of the night that's crying out to God. Like David, we go forward, taking up the full armor of God, having girded our waist with the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, we take up the shield of faith, with which we quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. And we take the helmet of, the, of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what the Bible tells us, how to equip ourselves. We overcome by the power of the name of the Lord. Of course, we know the rest of the story with David. David takes a stone and a sling and he hurls it towards the giant. It sinks into his forehead and he falls down dead to the ground. But the truth of the matter is that victory was won even before David charged Goliath. Even as he approached the front line delivering cheese, David knew the power of his God. When we realize this truth as well, we will become the emboldened body of Christ that God has sent into the world today for such a time as this. Be prepared. Whether you are visiting a friend or delivering Jesus, God may call upon you to advance His kingdom in the power of His name. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have given us the power of Your name, that You have brought new life to us. We thank You that You have redeemed us and that You've called us to great things as we continue to place our faith in You. We trust that as we go forward in the power of Your name, You will destroy the temptations before us. We thank You that the body of Christ in this day at such a time would come together across the nominational lines and stand in the power of Your name to be Your light in the darkness of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.